do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. Listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. That's your disaffected mom. I know. And the reason we're both laughing, y'all, is that we're doing this on Zoom today. And I was waiting for the thing that says recording in progress. Blah, 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 blah. And you have to push to say, yes, it's okay. And I was doing all this monster face. I was being a monster. You're you having know. a monster face. <laughs> I was doing my monster face, being a, being a monster. It, I, oh, it's, yeah. I wish y'all could see Miss Alicia. She has got all that red hair of hers on, a, in, on the top of her head in a big old top knot. Oh, yes. Looks I'm like not. a queen, doesn't she? You need to have a lovely tiara wrapped around tiara? Hmm. Yes. And some daily earrings. Very nice. And some makeup. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. I'm not going no. that far. No, <laughs> I got caught last night. I got caught out. Um, I decided I was going to do one of those full moon meditations online. And I had it all set up in the dining room to do it. But with the storms going through and everything else, uh, I was too far from the router. And it kept, uh, I kept losing the connection. So I ended up having to go into the kitchen. And I turned it so I faced myself. Oh, I, I didn't have a lick of makeup on and just looked ragged, you know, like we all look right now. I look pretty ragged. And I just thought, what the hell? I'm doing it. Y'all mm-hmm. supposed to have your eyes closed anyway to guide in meditation. Go, yeah. go, go, go. And did they go, go, go? Oh, it was, it was real good. There was, I don't know maybe about 40, 45 people that were there and some others, you know, went, saw it later. I think this morning when I looked about 500 people had seen it. So it got, it got to somebody, I reckon. It was a good meditation. It was yeah. about grief. You know, we are all carrying so much grief right now. Yeah. And I am so, I'm just tired. I'm, I'm teared out with Ukraine, with Uvalde, with all these Damn, and I bet there was another shooting today. I haven't I'm heard, sure. but I'm sure there was. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's dog days, but it's not even dog days yet. You know, no, I mean, we've got not- the weather, we've got this the sour tempers, we got the crap going on, and we got the full moon. You know, yeah, and all that stuff. Not to mention the biblical weather phenomenon going on. Do you know there was a blizzard in Mexico City today? That's what I heard. A friend yeah. of mine posted that online, and I just thought, well, that makes sense. We're roasting down here in the southeast. Okay. I had these monster storms up in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and it's snowing in Mexico City. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's June. It's June. It's June. Yeah. That's Ju- that is June busting out all over, isn't it? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. so. But I'm here to tell you some good news today, my friend, and that is 
I went over to the shoe store and bought myself a new pair of shoes. Oh, cool. My dogs have been barking for about two and a half weeks. And I've, it's because I've worn these shoes out. They've got little, you know, well, they just wore out is all I can tell you. So I go to the shoe store and I go to check out and the girl says, well, have you ever shopped with us before? And I said, I'm going to come around the counter and show you what shoes I'm wearing right now. <laughs> and I showed her my shoes and I had bought a pair of shoes exactly like this. And she said, oh, I guess you have shopped with us. Yes, ma'am, I have. Uh, and I knew I the shoes would feel good till I wore them out. So I got me another pair of them. Well, I can't really, I can't make fun of you on that because, you know, those tennis shoes that I wear, that's, yeah. those are Crocs. They're Crocs hovers. And they're made. I cannot they, believe that. I should get me a pair of them. It's the truth. They look exactly like Chuck Taylor's. Yeah, they do, they do, but their Crocs hovers. The problem with that is they quit making them about eight years ago. And so oh I went God. and I bought 10 pairs of them and I've been parsing out those 10 pairs <laughs> and I'm down to my last pair. Oh, so I look on eBay all the time to find new old stock, something that yeah. will fit my foot. Well, I don't care it's... what the color it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll come across something at some point. I'll buy some more because those are the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn. Well, I I need some work boots for, you know, being out in the woods and, and in the garden when it's heavy duty gardening. And I, I I have to have I have to have work boots that are immediately comfortable. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't break them in. I can't break them in. And no. so I went to another little store today and I tried on a whole bunch of like hiking boots thinking, well, those might be okay. Those would be fine for working in the garden and for hiking and stuff. I tried, I don't know, five or six pairs of them on and walked around the, the store limping like a, like a broken person. Oh I no. Like, I can't, I can't break these in. And the, the young fella at the counter, I had to have him come help me pull down something off a high shelf. Yeah. And he said, he said, Mama, you, you can't be wearing those shoes. They hurt your feet. And I said, uh-huh. <laughs> and he said, well, let me help you find some shoes that are not going to hurt your feet. And I said, please, I'd love that if you could do it. And finally, he just gave up. He said, you've got delicate feet. And I said, I do. I wish I did not, but I do. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's not a big help when you need to travel, is it? I'm looking right now. Okay, so there's... As far as work boots go, there's a bunch of different things. There's one classic lined Neopuff tie-dye boot. The thing is, the thing that I like about the Crocs is that they are really light. They're made with this stuff called neoprene. Yep. And so the both pairs of both shoes in the pair of those covers. The cloth weighs more than any other part of the shoe. Yeah, I, and, I prefer a light shoe myself. But well, I did when I was trying all that stuff on it. I finally just gave up because I knew I had to come back and do our Zoom. I tried yeah. on a pair of Doc Martens because everybody says, oh, you should get Doc Martens. They're, They're really so heavy, though. But you know what? They are not comfortable. No. I put on and they were the, the high end Doc Martens. They were going to cost me one arm and one leg. Boy. And I just thought, how the hell do you wear these things? They're heavy. 
they're uh, they rub in the wrong places. I uh, yeah no I'm, just, I get I'm that. the princess in the pea with my feet, and that is just the okay. thing. I I get it. I totally do get it. And you need to be you take care of them because can you imagine if your feet were hurting and you were trying to have this schedule that you have? Right. Or if I was trying to wear shoes that somehow made me taller or, you know, were fancy or whatever, oh, the hell with that. Yep. No, I got to have comfortable shoes. So I'm going to we'll get those out of the box a little bit later, make sure. I, I mean, I tried them on, I walked around in them, but they're just like the ones I've got on. So I think they're going to be fine. But I would love to have, I've got a pair of hiking boots that are so old, I got them at Kmart. That's how old they are. I've got things like that. And I can wear them for about an hour. And then my feet, they don't necessarily hurt, but they are just tired. Yeah. yeah. I don't have any arch support. They don't have enough arch support. They just, uh, they just make me tired, make my feet tired. So, well, you I don't should know. definitely wear something that comes up on your knee as much as your outside. I have never, you know, I belong comes up to, on my knee. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, like a boot that comes up a little bit over your ankle and stuff. Oh, yeah, over my ankle. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Up towards your knee, up towards your knee. Not like go-go boots or anything. But, well, I, yeah. I do have a pair of black leather boots that go above the knee, but that's not something you want to hike in. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Those no. are for a particular time and place. Yeah. Do you remember those... I guess they were like moccasins back in the 70s and 80s, except they were really tall and they had fringe all the way up the leg. Oh my gosh, yes. They I were would super love comfortable. To have a pair of those. They were super comfortable and they used to be really sturdy back in the day. I haven't yeah. seen any for years, but that's that I could see you wearing those. But well, you'd have to get an ins an insole, an insert. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. for years and years. All I could afford to have were cheap shoes from Kmart and Sky City. And that's the truth Same. of it. But I'm telling you, I go and pay money, real money for shoes now. And they're still cheap shoes. Yeah. It's just, that's, you know, you pay $100 for a pair of shoes and it's still just crap. From that's China. why I stick to something that I know that I like. You know, yep. yep. But now I'm being forced out of that box. I've been looking for shoes for two years now because I know I knew the day was coming when I was going to wear out my last pair of them. Oh. And so I feel it. It's, it's I should have replaced them like last month at least because they're just not. I've been wearing this pair of cheap shoes instead, which you've seen. Y'all, she is showing me her pretty shoes. Those are the ones that she uh, decorated. Yeah. But they're they're cheap shoes from Kmart. Yeah, yeah. They're just little white cheap shoes, little gardening shoes. They have yeah. no support, no anything. But um, so what I was going to tell you, though, is I belong to a bunch of these groups of people who are foragers for mushrooms and various things. And uh, all these snake identification groups and uh -huh. stuff like that for people who are out in the woods a lot. I have never seen so many reports of venomous snakes in my life than I have this year um, in those groups. And I don't know if they've just gotten super popular or something, but so many reports of rattlesnakes, cobberheads, you name it. 
just out well there. now were you in that group that somebody posted a western diamondback rattler rolled up in a oh house you know what that was a oh i was so irritated i had gone to a music thing and somebody that was me that posted that supposedly oh but it yes. wasn't it wasn't it was somebody who got on my phone and thought they were being cute and they posted oh. that and i didn't even know about it until the next morning because you know i just thought they were looking at the lyrics that I, I so it's somebody you know oh yeah but no that uh -huh. that's a scam well let me just say first of all that was a western diamondback rattlesnake which yeah. that'd be real hard to be in western north carolina unless it was imported in from somewhere but right. but still no, that was, uh, as far as I know, it was a real picture, but it was from like 2017. And and I, I want to say that it was reported in a newspaper or something, because I looked it up because I was irritated. So <laughs> if you go back on my page and look, you'll see that post is gone. I deleted it myself. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> that it was gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. Just, I was just like, oh, man, I learned a lesson. You but well. People, people are silly. Did Gomez do that? No, no. Oh, all right. So somebody in the band. But I was like, you know, vengeance is mine. And I, <laughs> I, that one of these days, he's going to put that cell phone down that he's always got with him. And I will post something on his Facebook account. <laughs> and then walk away and not say a word. Run away, run away, yeah. run away. But so, so we were talking snakes. And I got to tell you, and I, I think that it's probably because of seeing all these snake reports that lately it has felt so snaky around my mom's house. It just feels like there's a bunch of snakes around here. And I don't know how to put it other than that. Isn't that well, weird? no, I think that's, that is a perfectly Appalachian way to say it is snaky. It feels snaky. Yeah. A friend nope. of mine, um, her, uh, she and her sweet boy were um, loading some wood, some firewood. And she was kind of on top of the pile, I think, somehow. And she saw this snake and she yelled snake and jumped back off the pile and got out, got away from it. And he thought she was just joking. So he just kept loading wood into the little cart, you know, and then finally... She said something like, do you not see that snake? Well, it's not moving. Maybe it's dead. And it was a copperhead. And, and then he was like, oh, I thought you were joking about that. So then he decided he was going to move the snake off the pile of wood with a stick. Because. With a stick? With a stick. Because, because I guess he was trying to do something, you know, that would keep everybody safe. Anyway, and then he went to put the snake down. It bit him. I was going to say, which one of them got bit? Because one so of them. So off, off she ran with him, I guess, to the ER. And then he had to have the antivenom. And last I heard, his, his hand and arm were still swollen up. If, and if, you, if you are unfortunate enough to be in that situation, they used to tell you that you had to kill the snake and bring it with you so that they'd know what kind of antivenom. Right, that, right. That's no longer the case, but they do say if you got a phone and got your wits about you, take a picture. 
That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know why we're talking about snakes and stuff. But well, because the world feels snaky. I, I guess that's what it is. I, the world I feels do. snaky. It feels snaky out here because it's so humid. This is snake weather. They love this kind of weather. They get very aggressive during this kind of weather. They do Still. because, you know, they're cold-blooded. Yeah. And when it's this kind of weather that's good eating, times are easy, they gravitate towards, you know, whatever it is. Like big, We had a big giant, I want to say it's about a six or seven foot black snake, rat snake, I guess, here at Mom's. And I think I told you this story because she's terrified of snakes. So of all the people that have it happened to. So Byron. We, uh, yes, ma'am. We must have been on the same wavelength or something because you, you posted. Well, you posted that that meme about Southern, the, the linguist, the Southern language. Yeah, and yeah. Our dialect. Our dialect. And I didn't see it until today, but last night I couldn't, I had some COVID somnia and couldn't sleep. So I decided I was going to turn the TV on and I ended up watching a documentary about uh, West, about Western North Carolina mountain folks and their accents. And it's all about, it had a bunch of folks from Robbinsville and stuff like that, or not a bunch, but it had some folks from Robbinsville and, and it just, uh, it was really interesting. So we must've been on the same wavelength or something. Well, I've been thinking about it a lot. Cause you know, I've been traveling and I was in the, I was in North Dakota and then um, in the Midwest and then in middle Tennessee and and I noticed that in North Dakota and in the Midwest, I was very careful with my accent so that I didn't do my natural accent. I did the accent that people understand because I've had too many times being in some place that where our, our accent is not native and people go, I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> so I've learned that if I'm in those places, then I use my what I think of as my presenter accent. But then I got to Tennessee, I got to Middle Tennessee, and I just flat out was like, <laughs> y'all are going to know what I'm saying. And if you don't, what the hell with you? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it. I remember when I was younger, much younger, and I, at the time I was spending a lot of time in Robbinsville, and then I'd go back and forth, and I went into business world. And I remember telling somebody one day how, how, easy it was to slip back into that accent mm -hmm. you know, and just I can't do this and and I can't do that and so we would say instead of a short a we would do a long e can't can't can't, can't. that's a, I think that's a Scottish thing originally I believe it is yes <laughs> yeah I mean I love my accent it's taken me a long time to get it back in a way that feels authentic yeah um, but yeah, but I still find myself code switching back and forth. Code switching. That's what it's yeah, called. So I'm going to be going up to New York to do this uh, women's conference in August. And I feel pretty sure that that one's going to be straight on presenter voice. Um, because, well, because I want them to understand what I'm saying and, and people just don't. 
they don't make the effort. You know, it's the same people who go, I, I would love to watch British television, but I can't understand what they're saying. Well, maybe you need to pay more attention. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not judging. I don't care. Well, people have a tendency to think that if you have a thick accent of any kind, that your IQ points slip lower. But if you have a Southern accent, a drawl, a mountain accent like that, then forget it. You're down at the bottom in their opinion. Yeah. Whether that's true or not has nothing to do with their opinion. It's kind of like politics. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Well, I think we, the majority of the comments that we get about this show it seems to me are from people who miss hearing people use this accent. I don't know what we were talking about. You're saying nobody cares about your accent. Oh, well, that doesn't matter. Oof, don't worry. We're just talking about accents. Yes, that's right. Um, did, you, did you ever know somebody who would uh, say the word plum? Like plum that was plum crazy. Plum crazy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I say it myself. Do you? I, I, I don't think I use I the am. phrase plum crazy a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, we used uh, Irish. A-I-R-I-S-H. <laughs> that, that was a way of saying chili. It is Irish today, but it is not Irish today. No. Yeah, we it's used to say awful. Irish too. I don't say that one too much. Well, we would say stove up or gommed up. God, I feel like I'm stove up today. I swear. Oh. I've been hauling heavy stuff around in this um, in this heat. And I got back in the car and, and came home getting ready to go in the house. And I thought, God, I just feel stove up. Like I've been carrying really heavy stuff for a long way and I haven't. It's, it's just the heat. It's, it's the heat. Cold. Takes it out of you. Are you drinking a lot more? I am. Well, I'm drinking a lot. I mean, water. I'm drinking a lot of water before y'all get some ideas. <laughs> drinking a lot of water. But I'm just, and the other thing is, I'm just crying all the time. Last week we talked about this and it's not gotten any better. It's like this stuff just, it hits me. Um, I've got friends that are going through really hard stuff. And normally, in normal times, when I'm a normal person or my, when I'm normal by my own standards, then I can be, oh, that is terrible. How can we support you? All that stuff. Now my first reaction is I just burst into tears. So I don't know what that's all about. Just but I, if you're hitting your limit. Uh, yeah, probably. Just, probably. Like, just like a dam. You yeah. know, it's just like a dam. After a while, the dam hits its limit and it has to let some water out. Yeah. That's you. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm all dammed up, yeah. uh, but I got Friday. I'm driving up to this thing I'm doing in Ohio at Wisteria, which I love. I love that place. And I'll have about seven hours on the road by myself, listening to music, fussing, looking at the beautiful mountains. I love driving up uh, 77 through West Virginia. Oh, Ooh. yeah. So beautiful. So, I bet so it beautiful. is. And then I get to go by the Ohio River, which I love. Hmm. I mean, I've not found a big river anywhere that I don't love. I Honestly, so. that is the truth. Hmm. It's just the truth. It's one of the things I love about Pittsburgh, because these two rivers 
the Allegheny and the Monongahela come together at this point of land in Pittsburgh and they become the Ohio River. And I just mm -hmm. find that so magical and powerful. And it's the same thing that happens here where the French Broad comes in on one side and the Swannanoa comes in on the other where they are bifurcated at that point in the Biltmore State. And then they run on as the French Broad north for a while. And then, you know, I was in Tennessee and the French Broad is broad in Tennessee. It's a big old river. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It looks like a lake in places. Yeah, yeah. Like the Mississippi. Beautiful. Yep. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I love driving, riding over the Mississippi. I, I sometimes do this thing in, down in New Orleans and part of it takes place on a, one of those paddle wheel steamboats. Mm -hmm. And I just love being on that big old river. <laughs> it just makes me happy. I just love it. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, I'm a Pisces, so maybe that makes sense. I guess, I guess. So have, do you listen, do you like take a certain batch of CDs or eight track tapes or whatever <laughs> and listen to them on the way? Hey, my car is a little bit more recent than that. Thank oh, you I know much. it is. Um, yeah, I take a bunch of CDs with me and just, I mean, I listen, some of them I listen to again and again, over and mm -hmm. over. I've got one from Adele, I think it's 11 or 12, I can't remember which one it is. And I just, I listen to that and I think, huh, I think I could listen to that one more time. <laughs> I'll listen to it again. And wow. I've got a, a CD from the Dixie Chicks that I like a lot. Huh. I've never listened to them much. Now, I'm in a terrible Chicago mood, though. Oh, oh my gosh, wonderful. Yeah, seventeen. Yep. And I got to, there was a group I met out in uh, Kansas at Heartland. Oh, and their name is Amanita. And I got a couple of their CDs, so I'm looking forward to kind of settling in with those and really hearing what they sound like other than, you know, presenting at a, at a festival. Amanita, you mean like the Amanita. mushroom? Like the, exactly like the mushroom. Oh, they were amazing. They did a they did not a cover, but an interpretation of Scarborough Fair. And I was like halfway listening to it because I was I was coming into the pavilion where they were playing. I'm kind of halfway listening to it as I'm coming in. And and I hear them ripping a mandrake out of the ground and all this and so it was a Scarborough affair from the woman's side oh. where, you know, he's got all these things. Well, you make me a shirt without any seams and you do this and then maybe you'll be a true love. And she's like, I'll show you what true love looks like. I'm going to pull this damn mandrake out of the ground. We'll see who's doing some true love, buddy. <laughs> and it was great. They were just wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd like to, I'll have to go, I'll have to look them up and just see. Yeah, well, there. you know, they're on uh, Reverb Nation and Bandcamp, all this stuff. Yeah, that no, they're good. And I got to talk to them afterwards, so that was, that was fun. They had a beautiful setup on the stage, and I'll post a picture of that uh, on our Facebook page. Yeah. They had this, uh, this uh, deer skull that was like a goddess with a deer face and all these and antlers and so oh just beautiful beautiful so i'll do that i'll remind myself to do that okay yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Your, so your that's the best part been, hmm? i said your posts have been on fire this week <laughs> well i have i put together a whole bunch of silly memes because i know y'all 
love to see the memes. Hold on. Hello? <laughs> I don't know what I was talking about. Oh, we're talking about, you said, because you know we like to see the memes. Oh, because I know that y'all uh, like a funny meme, because that's the stuff that, you know, I'll post a meme and, and they'll, it will reach like 2,800 people because yeah. it's some silly thing, like, you know, a fat dog or something. So I we, love to find ones that are, that are funny to people. We've had uh, a couple of them that went a little bit viral, too. That was fun. Watching that, that. was always fun. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, we uh, we need to do that again. Could you just make one go viral right quick? Yeah, let me just make one go viral. You'll get right Here we go. Y'all, I got my phone in my hands. I'm going to go to Weird Mountain Gals page. And I've got, I've got a couple of funny ones I think y'all going to like. But I've been collecting them up. You know, I wonder what you do with them. I mean, because I do the same thing and everybody does. So I've got more memes and in saved than I do actual photographs on this phone anyway. And I've been, yeah. I've been speaking of photographs. So I've been taking pictures of the cat, cat dog, just cause I'm bored. Oh, so he's cat dog. That's why. Yeah. Well, and I've been, I've been editing them up and turning them into little pieces of art. Can you see? Here's. Oh, look at him. He's there such he a good boy. And then here's his. Here's his um, Tinder profile. Oh, no. He's he got a Tinder profile. Oh, my <laughs> God. You are bored. You need to do something. All right. I'm posting this thing that says, if they're scrambled, I can only eat two eggs. But if they're deviled, I can eat 40. Yeah. <laughs> Because that is the truth of it, isn't it? Is it not? Totally oh, my not. God. I've said more than once that I could eat my weight in deviled eggs. You did. And my I weight is considerable. I weigh 160 pounds. You reckon I could eat 160 pounds of deviled eggs? Not and survive it. it. You wouldn't survive it. I tell you what, I'd be in the bathroom a lot, I think. It would not smell <laughs> bad. All right. I went, I went ahead and put it up there, so. Y'all, when you hear this on Sunday, you'll go, ah, I already seen that. Yeah. That's been up since Wednesday. Maybe not. Here's the latest one that I, I was laughing, the latest one I saved. It says, you know, time is passing at an uncomfortable speed when all the good male rock stars start looking like your grandma. And it's true. They've got like John Bon Jovi. Here's uh, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. <laughs> and they do. They look. Here's Ozzy with his hair pulled back like an old granny woman. You know, and who is this? I guess it's us. I don't know who this one is from the Who. Look at Steven Tyler up here at the top. Oh, no. Steven Tyler does look like an old woman. I swear <laughs> to you. Well, I posted that thing back in May of, uh, of Brian May, and he's got his hands like, ah, and it says, once again, it's May. <laughs> but he looks like an old woman, too. Everybody looks like oh. all the rock stars look like an old woman. Well, yeah, I guess that's just the progression of time isn't it i know well and look at me look cool. i look like an old woman too so there you go but i wow. am an old, i am a woman so i am an old woman you sound like that song you know which one i'm talking about uh-uh uh make me an angel 
John, oh. Pine, I think it's John Pine wrote it. Yeah. Angel from Montgomery, excuse me. Angel from Montgomery. Yeah. I am an old woman. Flies from Montgomery. And so I have a story about that song. Oh, tell me. I have a, a friend named Rock Kilo. And Rock is from down around the, uh, I guess, Louisiana Basin. And he's, yeah. a, he's a musician and he was a songwriter. And he did, he wrote with John Prine something. Okay. So he was also a fixture at the Flat Rock Music Festival. So when Charlie's daughter had her horrific accident and it, it killed her husband and she got a terrible brain injury and Charlie found himself needing to rush up there to New York to see if his daughter was going to survive or not. Yeah. And we ended up doing a, a fundraiser for him. We wanted to do something for him, you know, so we did this fundraiser and got a lot of, I got a lot of musicians from the festival. I would call them up and they all said, yes, yes, I want to help. Yes, I'll come in. Yes, I'll come in. So we ended up with a, like a two or three hour show, but, but we honestly oh probably 15 different groups and artists. And so it's quite a thing to organize at a short notice. But the, the climax of the show was going to be Rock coming out and he was going to sing Angel from Montgomery. Now he had been involved with somehow with that song and with John Bryan. I can't remember the details of it, but he was the one that needed to sing it. It was Angela's favorite song. So we were videotaping the whole thing so that hopefully she could see it and know that everybody was thinking about her and stuff. And um, so, <laughs> uh, so anyway, it was not, it was known that rock was going to sing it, but then at the very last minute, this, this gal, very talented woman, local lady named Eileen agreed to come and sing it because we didn't think that rock was going to make it up to North Carolina. So yeah. the show went on. It was a great success, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the show, Eileen comes out to uh, play Angel from Montgomery and she's make me an angel. And right about that time, a somewhat tipsy rock kilo just started heel toeing it out on the stage. And he, oh, no. and he just kind of took the microphone from her and started singing it uh, with her, but much louder than her. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was classically embarrassingly weird, uh, but Imagine. I guess everybody had a joke about it afterwards. And that gal handled it with so much grace and style. She was just like, well, okay. And you know, she had no idea who it was. <laughs> never met and he just kind of comes up and he's wearing his overalls and all of this and he just heel toeing it right on up there he was the funniest guy rock funny as hell he was uh he was another one that i got i, I knew him for a short time during the festival and now he's a friend but uh, i got story after story about him he just was a hilarious fella and he'd get into all these situations you know but you just can't hardly, you can't make it up sometimes. <laughs> well, I love the thought of that. That just sounds so funny. We, we had one year, I, I can't remember who it was. It might've been Dale McCurry, but it was definitely some 
uh, it was an artist who was very well respected in that genre. And I think it was maybe bluegrass or, or something along those lines, or maybe gospel. I, I honestly can't remember, but whoever it was, it was rock was so excited about it. He was really excited. He was looking forward to meeting them. And, uh, and he, I remember he was like sitting up on the backstage facing backwards, not facing the audience. Okay. And he was back there at the very end of it. He's like swinging his little legs there off the edge of the backstage. And his favorite person came walking down below him, walking right at him. Okay. And you could see him getting all excited and he got so excited that he spilled his beer right on that guy's cowboy hat. Oh my God. And the guy was furious. And I can't remember. Oh, and I remember Rock was just like, he was so mortified that he was just trying to wipe the, the, the hat down and the guy trying to get his hat back. And was, he was completely mortified. And it was hilarious. Well, it sounds like your friend might have been better off to not drink quite so much well he was a musician and back then and still there's a group of musicians that they think that that's that's it if you're a musician you have to drink all the time that's sad it is and but think about this when if you're a touring musician especially you go out of town and And if you're popular enough to be a touring musician, usually if you go out of town, there's going to be somebody there that they want to buy you drinks. They want to take you out after the show is over and it's their big night out with you. But it's like every night for you (laughs) if you're a touring musician. It's true. I mean, I've been I've been thinking about uh, food, of course, because I think about food all the time. I'm food obsessed. And so when I'm on the road, I tend to not eat as well as I do when I'm at home. And I try to make sensible choices. Like if I'm at Cracker Barrel, I will have the grilled chicken rather than Southern fried chicken. It's like three giant pieces bigger than my head that got to haul around with me for the rest of the week. Um, but even then, I'm just eating way more salt and fat and, and bad fat than I normally eat. And you get to this place where you're thinking, well, I mean, it's just this one time. I'm just out on the road. But if you're on the road, it's not just one time. It's all the time. And your your best bet is going to be not to make excuses for the crap you're eating and just go, you know what? I'm at Cracker Bear. I'm going to get the biggest damn salad they can give me. And if they throw some protein on top of that, that'll be a good thing. Because it's not a treat when you're on the road all the time. It's just not a treat. No, It's no. how you eat. Uh, today, because I'm going to be gone for about uh, about nine days, and today I bought that instant oatmeal in individual packages, so Smart. that's what I'll have for breakfast, and it's it's fairly, I mean, for oatmeal, it's, you know, it's about 15 carbs for breakfast, and, and I got, you know, low-sodium pork and beans and stuff like that, Smart. tuna in a little metal pouch. Yeah, why not? I mean, I I think we've already had this conversation, but do you remember Manifold Destiny? Yes. Yes. There's a a modern version of it now, and it's a a bento box, basically. It looks like a lunchbox, okay? Looks just like a lunchbox, 
and you plug it into your car cigarette lighter and it's yeah. a slow cooker. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you, time, you time your meals as to how long it's going to take you to drive from here to there. And then, then you open it up and you've got a, a fresh hot stew or whatever it is you've been cooking. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Which brings me once again to the subject of Weird Mountain Gals road trip. We've been trying to do a road trip since before damn COVID. Oh, God. And our asses have not gotten on the road yet. Because every time we go, oh, well, we'll go Thursday. That'll be a lot of fun. Then some something hits the fan that stops us from doing it. So, y'all, I, I'm a, I apologize. It's kind of embarrassing at this point. <laughs> that we, we go, well, we just go out to Maggie Valley. Well, it takes 59 damn minutes to get to Maggie Valley. That's all. You should get your ass on 40 and start heading towards Maggie. That's all. <laughs> 1923, not 1923. And then get on 1923, exactly. I can't, I hate 40. I do, I can't stand 40. I'll take 1923 to Robbinsville, and that adds like an almost an hour to the trip. I don't care. Yeah, but that's beautiful. 1923 to Robbinsville is a beautiful drive. Mm -hmm. 1923 to 28, then yeah. right by Fontana, and then yes, up beautiful, beautiful. Let's do well, that's it. what we're going to do. We're going to do a beautiful drive. Well, in this, if we ever this, do it. this, Pete, no, I don't want to go out and do a bunch of outdoor stuff, but I wouldn't mind doing something, something, you know, we don't have to necessarily go out and run a run track or anything like that. We can just go somewhere and check it out. So yeah, get off the road and, uh, at that point, my schedule hopefully will be settled in a little bit. You might have to be the one to drive, if that's okay. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not supposed to be that. driving much right now. No, you shouldn't because your shoulder is pitiful. Yeah. It's pitiful. <laughs> I'm not pitiful. Well, we're going to get cut oh. off here, I think, again. Your shoulder is pitiful. Well, it ain't it saying is. it's going to cut us off, but it might. It hadn't, did it say it the first time? Yeah, it was a little crawl right up beside where it says recording. Oh, all right. Well, no, we're in good shape then. So, well, we did talk about food a little bit. We talked about music a little bit and traveling a little bit. We haven't griped about politics this time because well, there's no point in it. <laughs> no, I just can't. I just can't see that there is. The more I gripe about it, the worse it gets. Yeah, it's not getting any better. I, I don't have a good attitude. No, right. and, and I swear, I just want to, I just want to knock people's heads together. It's like, here is the sensible thing to do. Just do it. Just do it. Why would you have to argue about this and spend all your days mentally masturbating, crows, over what it is you're doing? Why don't you just say, the sensible thing is this thing right here and quit yeah. normalizing crime and graft and corruption well, and violence and violence. Well, I mean, I knew it was bad what was going on, but did I say anything? No, you didn't say anything. You big, dumb son of a gun. Anyway, yes, 
There's our there's our take on politics. Yeah, that's why we're not bothering with it today because no, I think I'm just on the hair trigger edge of yelling some more bad words than I've already put out on the atmosphere. <laughs> well, well, at and, least we've got some entertaining TV. I get well. And the media is the other thing, you know, in addition to politics, it's the media saying constantly, oh, no, this terrible thing has happened. Oh, no, these little things you carry your baby in. Oh, my God, they could be potentially deadly. Well, they sell a million of these, whatever they think these things are a year. And two of them fell over with a young in them. We I don't need to hear that. I'm sorry for that young and it fell over. I am sorry, but I don't need to hear any of that. So that's what we have to hear. And we have to see a house. Oh, my God. A house. There's a flood and the house fell into the river. I don't know. It's in Colorado or someplace like that. No, it's at Yellowstone. It was fast. At Yellowstone. And this house just went boop, boop, and into the river it goes. Well, here's my point. You're beside a damn river. Why'd you build your house that close? Huh? Huh? Because I just love being on the river. I love to hear the sound of the water. Well, have you ever seen what happens even to a little tiny creek in flood times? God almighty, I'm just tired of people being stupid. And then the the media then has to play it up. Well, guess what? This terrible thing happened. And but they don't reach the conclusion I do that because somebody was stupid. I mean, big time stupid, not just a little bit stupid, but big time stupid. And it's always related to their level of privilege. Well, that certainly couldn't happen to me because look who I am. I am all that. Well, there goes your damn house right down the middle of the river. How how do you feel about that? My $3 million chalet home. I'm going to feel real bad. I'm going to feel real bad if it belongs to some native person who's been hanging on to it for, you know, eight generations. But probably not. Did you see the one that went into the ocean not too long ago? Maybe. Yeah, I did. Yeah. That was pretty, pretty weird to watch. It was was, weird to watch, but my God, do you not understand what the ocean does? What is wrong with you? Yes, Uh, I do. (laughs) That's why I don't have a house here. Exactly. Conventional wisdom when I was coming up was you do not, you don't, do not build right beside the ocean. You just don't. You go back, second row, third row, fourth row, probably you're going to be okay. But I just think about all those damn expensive houses on places like Sullivan's Island, Isle of Palms, all of that. We know within living memory, we know what a tornado can do to that. Why would you put a multi-million dollar home in a place where a tornado can knock it down? Why would you do that? Because, because you're counting on the insurance. Exactly. Because you are stupid and you are entitled and you've got enough insurance to cover it. Well, that's ridiculous ridiculous that's why everybody's insurance costs so much at the beach yes that's the truth and the honest realtors will tell you you don't build anything that you can't afford to to lose in your lifetime at the beach and don't have your valuables there yeah i think about those little um you know I, i love to go to folly or i used to i've not been there in several years I'd go down to Folly and rent one of those. It's like a beach shack almost. It's back two or three rows from the beach and used to be pretty affordable. It's up on stilts. And it had, you know, ramshackle pots and pans and plates and 
a little bit of everything because people rent it and you know and then they go to the market and buy all that fresh seafood and eat it but if you lost that and that was something you'd had in your family for a couple generations you go well you know it's the beach house it wasn't like our house it's the beach house but when you build a multi-million dollar beach house it's not a beach shack what are you thinking are you thinking anything at all with your brain anything no no well, they're just, maybe we should say that they're more comfortable with risk than we would be. <laughs> well, and maybe they can afford risk more than we can afford. Probably, it. probably. But, you know, they're, all the houses are going to end up at the ocean, bottom of the floor of the ocean at some point, most likely, because our levels are rising, rising, rising. That's what they say. They say Florida, you know, there's not going to be anything of florida above ground except that little hilly part in the middle uh, billy mean, joel he wrote a song called miami i want to say it was like miami 2017 maybe i seen the lights go out on broadway uh it, and yeah he talked about that sort of thing in it you know my obsession on youtube lately has been going to these there's some dude out there on the internet who goes to abandoned houses and he just walks through them. And so he'll find like an old house in the middle of the woods in Tennessee or something. And he'll, and it'll say, it'll say clearly no trespassing, you know, and he'll just walk right on in. And about half the time you'd think he, he won't go into the room because this one might be the floors buckled or the black uh -huh. mold or whatever. But you can see he went into one that I was looking at last night. And if I can find the link, I'll put it on the uh, teaser uh, info. And I thought, oh, that could be any of my kinfolk. It, the furniture was still there and it was made with that old cherry wood and there was naughty pine everywhere. And they had the shift robe and gun racks and just, it just looked like a hill folks house and i thought i want to be there <laughs> well and and it's like the family got a you know the daddy got a job in town that paid good and they just moved to town and they didn't move any of that old stuff with them you know i don't this at least this house i don't think it was that and the reason i say is because there were still things like family pictures were oh uh, so it was almost like there was an older person who maybe died Yep. And then the house was just left that way. You know, let's oh, leave Aunt Rose's house alone. You know, we'll do something yeah. with it next time. And the house was just falling down. But uh, oh. I, I looked at it and it was terribly messy and just, you know, it was, yeah. And I looked at it and I thought that could be any one of my relatives. That could have been me. I would love to live back in the woods like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so even it's like even in a shack, I think I would fix it up and just be happy. <laughs> no traffic, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. Uh, it's heartbreaking. It is, but it's the progression of things. Well, listen, Miss Byron, I want you to be careful on the road. Yes, ma'am. I will. I will do my utmost to be careful. Have a good um, time. And mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to just this property that at, at the event it's Appalachian summer solstice is uh wisteria is I think 300 plus acres of reclaimed strip mine 
so it's always you know feels it feels good to be there and I have buddies that live on the land there so I'm looking forward to seeing Charlene and Pam oh cool Aaron and Paul all do you, the do you meet folks who already know about the podcast um Yes, and I also talk about the podcast. So when because I'll teach three classes and I've got a keynote too, and I always say, "Well, you can find me here, and then we do this thing here." So yeah, we'll see. We'll get some. Maybe we'll get more people listening. We need. Do we need more listeners? I bet we do. Well, we can always handle some more listeners. I love having a bunch of listeners because they can they give me ideas and I like the, I like meeting them behind the scenes and all that stuff. What do you think about that last teaser graphic that had you as a soldier? (laughs) Oh my gosh. The idea of an army of Byron's that was pretty damn scary. I think. (laughs) I I think uh, uh, my friend was watching me design that. And he said, uh, he said, she lets you get away with that, huh? (laughs) hey i'm i'm pretty good about most stuff somebody's complaining about somebody being mean to them and i said just hex them what are you waiting for (laughs) and you're the least hexing person ever well listen i I tell you what i'm gonna get going yeah me too yeah tell tell everybody out there that i said hello i will you do the same yeah mama how you doing yeah, and thanks to everybody. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals.